breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. Aaron uh, enjoying a long holiday weekend. Scott Hughes sitting in guest hosting with me and uh, in studio with us, Cato Parish Sheriff Steve Prater. Looks more like Jimmy Buffett today. I'm, I know. <laughs> well, yeah. I heard he'd retired, but this is ridiculous. Well, and that's well today's a government <laughs> holiday. We have, we have so many government holidays. You look you look good, casual, Steve. Well, Let me you. just tell you that. Thank look, you. I, I, I think I, I can speak for eighty percent of Caddo Parish voters when I heard the news late last week that you had decided not to run in the upcoming sheriff's election. Um, I was heartbroken. I was disappointed. I was sad that you're not going to be in that office. And um, but but explain your decision and and how you came to that decision. Okay, I was planning on running, as you know. I told you right here on the show I was going to run, and the campaign was going fabulously. And uh, I would have, I feel confident, would have won by sixty, seventy percent, like I had the rest of the elections. Uh, had in two fundraisers, we had raised right at three hundred thousand dollars that I have returned now, sent the checks. Uh, it took took two days to write all the checks back, but uh, the lady that helps me so much, she did that, and we've returned all of the money. I think that is the appropriate thing to do. So the money was good. The polls were good. The pundits were saying we're going to win. I have real confidence. And then during – I got short of breath one day, and – uh, I'm going to tell you, I am going to, Aaron and I, uh, Aaron had called you one day and this is, I don't know, a couple weeks ago Yeah, and, and, and he didn't answer and didn't call back. And Aaron looked at me and she said, that's not like Steve. You know, she, she was, we were worried about you health wise. Well, that was because that when you called, you wanted an update on the storm and, uh, electricity out. Well, I worked. And it was at the EOC, the Emergency Command Center, on Thursday, on Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday, holding news conferences. And at that point, I knew that my heart was not right, and that I was going to Dallas on Sunday afternoon. So Sunday after my last news conference mm-hmm. at the EOC, I would, went directly into my truck, got to my truck, and went to Dallas. And Monday morning, when you wanted me on the show, I was actually getting a heart cath and a stent put in my heart that was 80% blocked. Monday night, they released me. I got up 5 o'clock Tuesday morning from Dallas and made it back here for another 10 o'clock meeting Mm. Wow! So during the storm. So um, anyway, I'm 100% healthy, okay? Uh, 80% block turned into no block now. Uh, I listened to my heart. I'm, I've always stayed in good shape. Was doing 30 minutes on the treadmill and stopped the treadmill and didn't get winded until I walked up the stairs at the Y. And I said, that don't feel right. It doesn't feel right. And uh, and so I listened to my symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I, asked, I just want to encourage everybody, if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. So... So if you're 100% healthy now, yes. you're yes. good to go, right. why, why not go ahead and, and run? Well, you, you realize, you, realize more, you have a mortality. There's just so much sand 
left in the glass. And I want to spend the rest of my time not relaxing, certainly, because I'm never going to give up and relax. But I've got some other things in mind to address violent crime. To, You know, okay, let's move on to something else. Okay, I'm healthy, I'm fine, was going to win the election, but decided to go a different route. Let's move on to the fact that we've had 37 people die in Caddo Parish and Shreveport this year violently. Okay, if there had been 37 people die of an unknown disease, we would have all sorts of people in here studying every aspect of these people's lives and every aspect of whoever had hurt them and how many times these people had been convicted and in trouble and how they were raised. And there is all we do is report 37 people have died. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next thing. And, and in perspective, we only had 43 homicides all of last year. So whatever okay. this, it whatever's going to on, double that, it's more than point. 22. Yeah. It's back on 21 levels when we had 83, or the record in 80, 93 when we had 86. So we are on a record pace, I think it's fair to say. Right, and until we start really studying it and everybody have an open mind in the system, I'll put out an 11-point plan to where everybody, everybody has to do their part the universities have to do their part and help us study this i want one of the universities a local university come up and say we will dissect this thing and i want the district attorney to be willing to say we maybe need to concentrate prosecuting on all which my i've been saying because of all the literature that said nationally all illegally possessed firearms must be must be prosecuted they must be handled uh, seriously, and not dismissed, not pled down. Hand, plead something else down if you need to, okay? Plead you the gun don't charge. plead a gun charge it, down. It, it, uh, it, but it, don't it, plead the gun charge. Plead, plead the drug I agree. charge. I agree. It, it, it's Steve, Sheriff, Sheriff Prater, I've known, known you a long time. Um, I, I, sense that, I sense you got some things to say. Yeah. And I sense that you're going to be an elected official in a rare position. Maybe explain to the listening audience, sheriff's different than the other elected officials. Win, lose, or draw, you are sheriff for another year. So right. you, you truly have what many would be called a bully pulpit for a year because you're not running for your election. You don't seem to really care a whole lot at this point about what people think. You're going to say what you want. Is that fair to say? That's that's fair. I've Kind of pretty much always been that way, but you've been very open, open, open-minded. But, yes, but I do. I I care. Fifty years, I've been so honored and blessed to be able to be in a position to help people. Because you started with Shreveport Police, times. you were chief of police for Shreveport. Yep. People, many people don't know that. Yep, and and I've just been, you know, God blessed me with this job and this passion and this, and it hadn't gone, it hadn't waned in the least. And so, what I want to do. In Caddo Parish, we need some sort of a, when I say I want to do, what I would like to see is some sort of a crime commission or some kind of a oversight. You, when you when we start looking at the criminal justice system, most of the time we look and the first question is use of force by police officers. A citizen's commission. We a hear citizen's that commission. And, and most of that's citizens' overview of the police department. You know, oversight of the police department. And then we say, how many times have the police used force? And then they say, okay, that's, that's good. Okay. We, we've finished our study. Okay. okay. That's not it. We got to study the entire system. But in in respect to that, when you have a, a citizens commission, which I'm not, I'm not disputing is, is probably, you know, a good thing. But the average citizen sheriff doesn't understand police work. 
am I correct in that? They don't understand. Police work a lot of times is ugly. It's not pretty. It's not pretty to watch. And what I hear the sheriff saying is more than police work, all the pieces together. The police side, the court side, the incarceration side, and the recovery side. Right. And the prosecution side, the entire, you have to look at the whole thing. But you're right, Mike. Most folks don't understand, but if you get the right... If you get to people and you send them through and let them write, do some ride-alongs and see, this is not, we're not out there, we don't, we don't pick people up to take them to Sunday school, okay? That's not the kind of people that we're usually picking up. Right. All right we're picking up people that, that don't like you, that are on drugs, that have mental problems, that are going to resist you, that all of these things that we try and we train our people, and we have millions of contacts a year, and very few times there's any kind of use of force. And by the same token, those police officers and those sheriff's deputies are not out there looking for somebody in particular to go hassle or arrest. I've, I've been the boss and hired so many people in the course of my 30-something years as chief of police and as sheriff. And I don't, I can't think of a, a, a single time. There might have been something I just can't think of, but I can't think of a single time that anybody came to work in order to be able to hurt somebody. We go through psychologicals and backgrounds and polygraphs and try to pick the best people that we can. And they don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, boy, I hope I get to shoot somebody today. That's just not right. That's just not not even realistic. And we need more people to challenge statements like that, that some of the some of the liberal media, certainly not y'all, certainly not in northwest Louisiana. But but give us a break. Let's look at the whole system. Let's let's assume the police are right until we prove they're wrong, just like we do criminals. Okay, instead of assuming the police are wrong until they can prove themselves being right. Obviously, they're human. People are going to make mistakes. But but if if you look at an, an intentional versus a mistake, I think. You know, I think it balances out much more toward the police officer. Yep. So, so, so with yep. your new Steve, you're not running. You're healthy, right? You're healthy. not running. You've okay. got things you want to do, right? Anybody calling to ask you about the job? That's a good. That's that's a whole discussion of itself. Yes. And we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about that coming up. Okay. Uh, Sheriff Steve Prater in studio with Mike. FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with uh, Scott Hughes, our guest host, Aaron, enjoying a long holiday weekend. Sheriff Prater, uh, Steve Prater uh, joining us in studio, announcing he's not running. But, Sheriff, uh, we've heard some names over the past several days since uh, you've announced that you are not going to seek re-election. Um, the, uh, Don Hathaway, Jr., Right. Don Hathaway Jr., uh, of course, you know, it's no secret because there were so many people calling around and talking, and he expressed some interest, and he certainly got the name. You know, it'd be easy <laughs> to go back to saying Sheriff Hathaway, but uh, but I don't believe that he's going to do it. I, I won't say those words for him, but uh, it's my impression that he's enjoying being a, a judge, and he is a fine Ryan Judge, uh, we've heard word judge. that uh, he was he he was going to run, and then now we've heard he's not going to run. And then we have the obvious announced candidate, 
Um, Henry Whitehorn, I think Henry's right. been in law enforcement, was the former CAO of the city. He's still running, to your knowledge, correct? Oh, he's he, he's still running, because uh, I've never spoken to him, but uh, but he's running, and, and there's another fellow running out south of town. That, Eric Hatfield, yeah. um, George Eric Hatfield, he's run against you for the past, so it's a space safe to so he may right, run. Right, and so... You know, if if you're asking, I assume you ask me anybody okay. that I'll ask those two candidates are running. What, what's your What's your take on the two in the field today? Well, my take would be this: if anybody's listening to me, and you are happy with the professional way that the Cattle Parish Sheriff's Office acts and responds, the fact that we are transparent, the fact we've been there 23 years with no scandals. We have uh, we have a healthy fund balance. We have been tough on crime and careful with your money. And both of the announced candidates so far want to change that, evidently, because they announced and wanted to run and, and take me out of this office so that they could head the sheriff's office in a different direction. If you want a different direction of the professional cattle parish sheriff's office that you have now then vote for one of the announced candidates otherwise hold on to your money now is there has anybody contacted you uh, and said uh, now that you're not in it i would like to run and i'd like your endorsement is anybody you can talk about nobody has said i'd like your endorsement yet they they have breached the subject with me there's one fella uh, uh, Craig Smith. He ran against you in the past. Craig, right. An Craig attorney, ran against me in the attorney. past. He's a local attorney. He's a law and order guy. A real, uh, he, he would make a good sheriff. Um, he has not asked for my endorsement, uh, at this point. We hadn't gotten that far along. He's, he just called and asked how the, you know, about the job and what it's like and this sort of thing. And so he's and, expressed an interest, but has not said he's going to run. Yet. Right. He has not said those words. Uh, I think we'd be fortunate, uh, to get him. Um, he's, uh, like I say, I, I can't, he's a, he's a, he's a very good friend of mine. We went from, from, uh, running against each other. To where I have I have really um, really grown very uh, have a lot of admiration for him and what he stands for and especially his work ethic. I, I guess uh, Steve, there's others too. Yes. As, as as these people start applying, what is the job? I, you and I, you said the why earlier. Our lockers are next to each other. The why I've known you for years <laughs> and years and years. And I, I joke because you you are dressed a, a very very casual today and, and good for you to take the day off. But every day I see you in uniform. I see right. you carrying the weapon. Different sheriffs approach the job differently. What's your take on the Caddo Parish Sheriff's job? What what are voters looking for? Is it a law enforcement? Is it an administrator? What are you? Is it a politician? What are you looking for in the job? Well, I never was a politician. I had come from twenty six years of public service in in the um, police department. Uh, the first yard sign I ever had in my yard was my own. <laughs> uh, because I was forbidden to be involved in politics and stayed away from it. The only reason I got involved in politics is because I had to do that to continue in the profession that I wanted to be in, that I was called to be in, and that is law enforcement. So I got thrown into politics. I've never considered myself a politician or to know anything about politics. Uh, all I do is go to work, 
law and order, and that's the first thing on my mind is what can we do to make our parish and make the citizens safer? I wake up in the middle of the night wondering about there's got to be something to make people safer to where we don't have people shot, to where we don't have people congregating on corners and making people fearful of, 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 of a sense of disorder. We don't have random gunshots all night long. There are some answers to make it better. It's not going to be perfect. There's evil in this world, but we can do a better job than what we're doing, and it's going to take a complete overview of the entire system. And until that is done, we're going to continue to report on Monday mornings that it's our 37th homicide, and then the next morning it'll be our 38th homicide, and we won't know any more than we did to start with. And until we look at this whole system and everybody... Why is it why is it that there are certain certain areas of government that have oversight and others that are just oh we can't look at that because you know because that's the sheriff or that's the DA that's the judges you got to look at us too okay and I've always said come look at my shop look at what I do look at everything we're we're transparent unless it's a criminal enterprise or intelligence that we're working on that you can't see. You can see everything we do down there. Please come look. Look at my travel. Look at my arrest rates. Look at our people at the jail. Look how we treat people at the jail. Look at our reentry programs. Look at all of those. I get fired up just thinking about it. That's no, why I can't quit. It, it's exciting to watch you because in the end, you're in charge of some law enforcement. You run the jail, and you also collect the taxes. People collect forget it. that's one of the biggest, and that's property and a whole bunch of things. I hate that part of it. I feel like <laughs> snidely whiplash sometimes. I, I didn't say you implement the taxes, but you are legally responsible <laughs> yeah. for collecting that, them. The Bible said that, that <laughs> even Jesus hung around the sinners and tax collectors. And so I kind of feel, you know, come on, give me a break. Jesus, we got to do it. Even Jesus will hang around you, Sheriff. <laughs> I love it. A year from now, Steve, what are you proudest of? As you walk Whoa. out the door, what, you look back on your career think, as the sheriff. Think about that, and, and, and if you want to hang with us, sure. And uh, we'll if talk you want about it. From me, absolutely. We're we're going to take a break. We got Sheriff Steve Prater in studio. Mike McCarty, Scott Hughes, one hundred one seven FM seventeen. Seven FM seven ten Keel Micah McCarty. Uh, it's Scott Hughes in for Aaron. She's enjoying a, a long holiday weekend. Uh, she got a pair of sheriff. Steve Prater is in studio. We've got a couple questions posed to you here in the last few minutes. Um, hey, what? I want to talk about this crime commission that you were talking about. I know you're not going to go off into the sunset, right? Um, right. Uh, tell me about what you have in mind for for this. Well, I think that we, I think we're in desperate need of trying to logically and academically decide and study why are we having such violent crime in Shreveport, Louisiana. Now, I know we have it in Minneapolis, I know Chicago, I know Baton Rouge and everything else, but why do we have to be satisfied with it's happening, so let's just accept it? Why don't we in Shreveport, Louisiana, try something different or try something that's modeled some other places? Let's look at what we're doing. If we can prevent two homicides, if we can prevent five homicides, if we can do something about our car break-ins, let's look at the overall crime situation. Well, I know Ru- uh, Ruben does the uh, the mugshot galleries every right. week, uh, people, violent, violent offenders. 
and I can't tell you the number of times he goes, oh, I recognize this guy. Oh, this is his fifth time through. Oh, I'm I'm, la- I'm late right. doing last week's. So I'm doing them right now and saw three people that I've, I've posted before. <laughs> well, just look. Yeah, just and, look and, right underneath it, and you can see everything they've been arrested for. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There, and it's just... It Why is. are they out? Why are they on the street? The recidivism is, is obscene. And why are people not in the streets writing about that? Why are we not burning cars and breaking in stores and all mad because people aren't being held accountable? Now, to be clear, you're not calling for people to do that. Yeah, you're asking a question. Right. Why aren't people more don't upset about that? Don't break in the Jiffy Mart and Blanchard because... I, I love your analogy. If we had this many people dying every year of a rare disease, we certainly or an would unknown have disease. Med working on this. Yeah. Right. Right. right, and the medical people are one. I mean, they are impacted so greatly by this. Uh, anyway, um, but but yeah. So you have a so year, this commission so year to try to get this set up. Is that kind of what you may be looking at? Well, I've got a year to be open to others. It, this has to it. This can't come. Others. It's got to come from the citizens. It's got to come from the Chamber of Commerce. It's got to come from the Committee of a Hundred. It's got to come from. Uh, LSU, it's got to come from uh, uh, Southern University. It's got to come from the citizens. It's got to be a citizen-driven deal because, let's face it, if the Cattle Parish Commission did it or the city council did it, it's political. it'd, it'd be, be politi- political. Exactly. It'd well, be political, and their people would be appointed to it. Each one would demand to have a citizen appointed to it, and it would come to nothing. Uh, it's got to be citizen-driven and not worried about hurting feelings. And, and uh, New Orleans has a crime commission. I don't know that everything they do is what we would want to do. I don't know how. but Doesn't they seem but to be working there, does it? It's not working there, but the citizens are informed. Yeah. And, and real quick, Jim, we mentioned earlier this is political because someone and, has and to run And you've called for... me Jim a couple I, times I'm sorry, but Jim... <laughs> And, Steve, and, uh, I'm sorry. How soon we forget. I'm, I'm sorry. Whose locker is next to yours at the Y? But it's a Freudian slip because I have something on mind. You and I talked about off air. I think you wanted to get to. Right. So right. I just wanted to kind of recap because it is a political race to replace you, right. um, Steve. And and it's a short-term race because of what's taking place. It'll be a right. very quick election. We know that Henry Whitehorn is going to run. We've heard that Eric Hatfield's going to run. I think you mentioned Craig Smith. Any more names you wanted to mention? Jim Roberts is is considering it to mind. That's where the Jim came from, I was trying. To get right, thanks. I, I understood, Fred. Um, that, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Jim Roberts is a is a good friend of mine, the previous police chief, and he has expressed an interest. I have not heard yes or no from him. Uh, and then there's others. I've had two other attorneys call me that are well known and reputable, and they have considered it. Um, here you, in a couple, you've mentioned a few other names that aren't eligible because they're, they're uh, the uh, residency requirements. Right. A, lot of your, a lot of your good internal candidates, right? Bobby you were, Herring, you were planning to run again, so a lot of your internal candidates don't live in the parish, right? Bobby Herring uh, would would make a good sheriff. He lives in Bozier. Uh, John May would make a good sheriff. He lives in East Texas. Uh, they both work for the Kettle Parish Sheriff's Office. Jay Long is not interested. But there's a res- residency requirement. Explain that. Right. you got to live in Kettle Parish for one year or be domiciled, whatever that means, and it all depends on which court you go to. But um, but you have to be domiciled or live in Kettle Parish for one year previous to qualifying, and so that eliminates some some candidates. But I'm telling you, there's some there's there's some good people out there 
that have not announced that would make very good sheriffs. And you may not want to answer this on the air, and I understand. If you could hand select, is there somebody that you would just love to go, hey, you need to run? And if you and, and I understand that's if you don't want to say that on the air. Well, it's it's not that not to say it on the air. It's it's I really don't know who that would be. Um, I I want somebody to come in and run it. I don't want it to be Steve Prater's show and don't change a thing. There's things. I mean, every day I come to work and my staff will tell you this. I say, what can we change today to make it better for for the citizens of Shreveport and Caddo Parish? And uh, and and I always tell them we're going to leave this place better than we found it when when our time is up. And when I put the last book in the box in my office, I'm going to know that the place is better off than when I took it over. And I took it over from a good guy. Uh, sheriff Don Hathaway was a great sheriff, you know. And that was always my th- – I'm going to take the good sheriff's office and make it an excellent one. Now I want somebody else to come in and make an excellent one, a superb one, if that's a better word. Scott had a question. What are you most proud of? Uh, you, you may have answered that. It sounds like your people, a bunch of things. But is there one thing you're proud of? You, Between you and Don Hathaway, you all been sheriff for 50 years. Right. So um, as you leave, what are you proudest of? That you left it better than you found it? Or is there something? Oh, yeah. We have a, gosh, so many things. I'm proud of. I'm, I'm, I'm proud when I go to Brookshire's or Albertsons or whatever. I don't want to disparage any grocery store. Wherever I go, I have so many people come up and thank me for things that our deputies did or police officers did that I knew nothing about. I'm proud of being the leader that fosters that type of uh, attitude. I'm proud of the things that people come up and say, thank you, Sheriff, for doing this, for the things that I've done that I don't even remember quite often. Uh, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that we got about probably $60 million fund balance. Okay? That is unheard of in these days to be that careful. We went out in 2001, almost 25 years ago, went out for a tenth of a penny sales tax in order to me to bring the pace of the deputies up. That was the last time the citizens of Kettle Parish have ever heard about a tax increase from Steve Prater. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the crime. It's gone down in the parish every year except one year it tied uh, in, outside the city of Shreveport. Our pr- crime has gone down. I'm proud of the reputation the deputies have. I could go on and on, but a specific thing, I'd, I'd, I'd have trouble. I'd have to really give it some thought if there was one particular thing. And to end, you're not going away soon. You still are the sheriff until next June 30th. Is that correct, July 1st? That's correct. We're uh, 360-something days. I'll still be sheriff, and I will still be, uh, you know, I'll still be vocal and, and uh, do everything I can for the citizens of Caddo Parish. I want to leave the place better, but we better wake up in Caddo and, and, and Shreveport, and you better quit accepting crime and fussing about it to the barbershop and then moving on to your favorite gumbo recipe. I mean, it's time that we took what we're doing seriously, more seriously as a community. We It's going to be all hands on board, or you're going, we're going to lose Caddo Parish. Look at the population. We're it, losing. Is there... Any possibility that you could come, because you say you're 100% health-wise, your 80% blockage has been taken care of. Right. Any possibility you go, you know what, I do have four more years. No, because that that would that would make me appear wishy-washy, and I don't think I've ever been that. 
And and for me to go back and say, hey, you folks that have been supporting me, you sent me $300,000, and I sent it back to you, and here, send it back to me again uh, to run this thing, no. But I'm going to be very vocal, and I'm going to try work my best to make sure that somebody gets elected that will continue the uh, the the expedition that the Cattle Parish Sheriff's Office is on of improvement and not change because we have to transition into a new model that uh, that is unnecessary and unneeded. Cattle Parish Chief Steve Prater, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining welcome. us. We Thanks appreciate your time me. and and uh, Godspeed to you. Thank you. I'll, I'll pick up my check on the way out. <laughs> have a great holiday. Have a great rare day off, Steve. Thanks, thanks for treating me nicer this time than usually. I, I, <laughs> well, Aaron's not here. Aaron is, Aaron is a tough one. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy time with your granddaughter today. Okay. 101.7 F. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I just love Man. love having him in the studio. Sounds like he's running for something else. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. What's he doing? I'll have to call him. He sat in that chair though the day you were gone, and I asked him directly. I said, "I've heard a rumor." That you're going to back out of the race and you're not going to run. This is weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Yeah, a few weeks back when you went over to Dallas, I guess. Okay. And I said, um, any truth to the fact that you're not going to run? And he said, how long have you known me? Have you known me to ever quit anything? That was almost a direct quote, Ruben. Almost a direct. I think I think that's pretty much it. Same yeah. voice and all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Have you known me? Have you room. known me to quit anything? And I said, no. He said. I'm not quitting nothing. I'm running for sheriff. Well, obviously, he had a medical well, change. A, health, change, a yeah. health scare can change your perspective. That does. It changes things, and it I will. get that. And and I know I knew that Friday uh, after that storm came through, and we were trying to get him on Monday morning. Uh, yes, I knew something was. I t- yes, a flutter. We we talked about that. Mm-hmm. that. This is not right. He he didn't make the meeting. One of the one of the press conferences, right? And didn't answer your call. And it was like, and then sent me a text up. that he would let uh, Jump do the interview rather than he would do the interview. That's right. And um, I thought, oh, something's afoot here. And then I started hearing bubblings of you know he had been to to Baylor or Dallas, whatever. And um, so, anyway, I'm glad he's 100%. We're going to get him back in and let him... We're just going to wind him up. I mean, just wind <laughs> him up. Now that he's not let running, him, yeah, yeah. He can do whatever he wants, and uh, we will see what's next for him. I'm curious. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser joining us just after the local news at the top of the... One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, the man with the greatest job yeah. in the world, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, my friend. I hope you had a happy Fourth of July. We had a very nice one, thank you, and the same to you. Uh, tell us about uh, how was your trip to Australia down under? It was a great trip. We went to 
several cities in Australia and New Zealand. And I'll tell you, the people there are much like Louisianans. They're friendly. Um, when they travel, they want to rent a car and drive. And with the, the direct flights into Houston and Dallas, it's a great opportunity for us to get them over here. They rent a car. A lot of them head to Florida. But many stops along Shreveport, Ruston, Monroe, Bossier, along North Louisiana, and then the Houston trip from Lake Charles, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, New Orleans. Great opportunity for us to get more of those travelers to come to Louisiana. Now, did you get to pitch particular parts of the state? Did you pitch the whole state? How does that work? Well, we bring, what we do is we brought a bunch of spices from Louisiana, and we took over a couple restaurants and taught them how to cook gumbo and some seafood, using their seafood. And then we invite all the travel writers and tour operators, because it's so far to travel, they use a travel agent or a tour consultant. So we got them at dinners. We showed videos of all parts of Louisiana. And we said, the food tonight's pretty good, cooked by this local chef. But if you want the real stuff, you got to come to Louisiana. <laughs> and uh, so I tell you, we brought you know a few of the, the different uh, travel uh, people from Louisiana from around the state. But we pitched every corner of the state, all the great fairs and festivals. And then just like always, we learn a lot of people don't realize there's Mardi Gras all over Louisiana. We talked about the hot dogs in Shreveport, about chasing the chicken in Mamou, and how there's family-friendly, affordable Mardi Gras in every corner of the state. So it's great that we get to promote so many great cities and events all over Louisiana. Billy, how did you? How did your office fare in in all when when all the dust settled in the state budget? Did you did you lose much of what you were hoping to get? And and what kinds of things will you be able to work on now that your the budget situation is settled? Well, we we stayed about the same. We got a little capital outlay money, but you know we've generated with our cost savings in the state parks and our private public partnership we've been able to generate a lot more money. And we just want to keep that money to keep improving the parks. We also got an extra $3 million um, to get to keep this litter um, going to clean up Louisiana. Uh, we are going to clean up Louisiana. We've seen great progress. We've got a long way still to go. But this is something that in the long run, if we can stop littering, clean it up, we can save millions of what, what DOTD spends to clean up litter on a highway. So um, that was a good thing that we got that money to clean up our state. But we're, we're excited about getting back to those record-breaking numbers we enjoyed before COVID. You know, in 2019, over 53 million people visited little old Louisiana and left behind $1.9 billion in taxes. That's over $1,100 for Louisiana family. And coming out of COVID, we got the next two or three years to get back to those record-breaking numbers. I think we'll do it this year, but surely next year. Because those businesses, mom-and-pop shops and attractions uh, don't have the money they had to promote their business. So we got to help drive tourists into every corner of this state to get back to those record numbers. Talking with uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Uh, Billy, a lot was made about Governor Edwards vetoing a lot of projects in North Louisiana. But we found out that he's reinstated some funding. And uh, I think the Jimmy Davis Bridge was one of those projects that got reinstated. Am I correct? Yeah, and I, I, you know, I don't think it's all done yet. I think we'll know a lot this week of what actually got reinstated, how it was done, and then we'll see if the legislators call them into a special session for some of the things that 
they were not happy with. Um, but I think when the dust settles, hopefully that'll be back funded. You know, we agreed to help manage that under the park system. I think that'll be a great asset. So many people are traveling now, taking trips and getting on bikes to do bike paths, uh, outdoor activities. So surely that'll be a feather in our cap to use that to get people outdoors and travel around Shreveport. I was in the pool yesterday, as were thousands and thousands around the state. Um, real real critical that we teach our youngsters to swim. You're starting, I, it sounds like a, a swimming campaign, the noodle campaign. What the heck is yeah. that? Well, this lady started it because she lost her fiancé in the rip uh, uh, current in, um, in Florida. And then we saw that family devastated down in Cameron where the mother and, and daughter and the little boy was walking the shoreline. They, they were swept out to sea. It's, you know, so many Louisianans go to the beaches of Florida or to Grand Isle, and we just need to educate people here that if you're caught in that, you got to float with it, swim sideways, don't fight it, because we're losing people every weekend that are drowning uh, because of the, uh, the rip cards. And uh, it's something that you don't think about. You go to Florida, you venture out in the water, and we're just trying to do a public service announcement to, to educate people um, about that all over the state. So when they are traveling this summer, going out in the water, they're a little bit better prepared of the, the rip currents and how, how they, you know, bring a floating device out with you always because you can hang on to that, go with the current, and once you get out of it, you can swim back to shore. But most people panic and fight it, become exhausted and drown. So we just want to educate Louisiana so we don't lose any more of our citizens uh, to that rib current. You can find out more about it, bringanoodle.org. Really great point. If you're going out in the in the Gulf, uh, you know, grab a noodle, grab some sort of flotation device to go out there with you, even if you know how to swim. Because once you get in that rip current, even the best swimmers could get exhausted and drown. Look, I wanted to mention one thing. We, um, we bought a special track wheelchair, uh, first one at Fountain Blue State Park, to where people that are bound to a wheelchair can now, at no cost to them or their family, reserve that chair, go into the trails or go out on the beach there uh, and, and get to enjoy things that people that walk in. It has been so successful with families with children or adults in a wheelchair that we've now ordered 10 more of those wheelchairs to put we were going to get them at all state parks over time, but uh, the request has been so great that we are now ordered 10 more chairs. We've probably got a six to 10 week delivery, uh, but we're going to be putting these chairs at every state park so people can found to a wheelchair will be able to enjoy those trails, see the wildlife. It's an idea I got from the state park system in Georgia. Uh, bought the one chair to see how it would work, and the request has been overwhelming. So we're going to continue to add these chairs as long as there's a need for our people with special needs. We're also building our first special needs playground at Fountain Blue. Once that's complete, we will duplicate those playgrounds for special needs children all over the state as well. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, thanks for talking with us this morning. Hope you have a great weekend. You too, my friend. Have a great week. 101.7 FM.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Sad news from yesterday. Uh, shooting on Cooper Road, Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. area. Mm-hmm. On Jones Mabry at Pearl Drive, I believe. Pearly, yeah. Pearly yeah. Avenue, mm-hmm. yeah. It, um, it seems like there was a block party going on, 4th of July. It went late into the evening, and then about in the 11 p.m. hour, shots rang out. Mike, Ruben, we're finding out this morning, three people are dead. Um, as many as seven others were wounded. There are still police on the scene this morning as we speak, you know, what, some eight hours later. Was this a drive-by? Was it people at the event get into a fight? Or do we know any details? We there's, don't. Yeah, there's no word yet. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a few more details to come out so I can put it up on the website. But yeah, all that's being reported right now is that there was a shooting and three people are dead and seven are injured. That's mm. it. Which, awful. We And we don't know the um, ages of, of the victims at this point. We, uh, we do know that there, were, um, there was an indication, I think one of the TV stations reported, that there were so many cars parked at the scene of this block party that it was, it was hard for the uh, emergency crews to get in. Um, so it was apparently a pretty big block party in that area, and they are still trying to unravel the details of what actually happened. Um, I mean, with that many cars there, there's obviously a lot of witnesses to filter oh, through. Absolutely, they're going to have a lot of people to get through. Um, it's just, it's just a tragedy. And you know, we've seen. I was at a, an event with some friends yesterday evening, and they kept saying, "Oh, there's another shooting." There's another Fourth of July shooting in Philadelphia, wherever they, they were. They were mm-hmm. having them across the country, and they were like, oh, "I got another notification of another shooting." And I thought, "I hope we have a peaceful day in Shreveport. I hope it's it's a, a, a nice, pleasant, enjoyable day for everybody." And it looked like we were headed in that direction until shortly before midnight. This happened in the MLK neighborhood, bringing our homicide total for the year to forty now. Oh. Wow. And, you know, if one of the other... We're on record pace at this point. Yeah. It's just, you know, we're just over half a year down and we're already at 40. Our record year, I think, is closing in on 90 homicides, I think, back in the the 80s or early 90s. So I'm... It's devastating to hear about this. And I, you know, I don't know any detail yet. We're going to try to get in touch with the uh, police PIO to talk about it with us in the 8 o'clock hour. Hopefully, they'll be available to give us a little more detail. But it's just sad. It's just so sad because this this group of people, they're just trying to have a good time on the 4th of July. Right. Probably having a cookout and playing games and kids having fun. And then somebody decides they're going to wreck it and, and open fire. Whether it was people at the party, whether it was people that you know were didn't even know the people, I, I don't know. Right. We got to unravel some more details. But again, three people dead, uh, as many as seven people were wounded. It's just awful. It's just awful. Oh, frustrating. It, it is. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's it's frustrating. Yeah. I just yeah. I have no words. And and of course, our our thoughts and prayers to the families of the victims and. Those who were injured, we, we, we hope the, the, the best outcome. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but Aaron, again, you're not going to stop something like this from happening. Right. This 
you know, if somebody has has it in their mind mm-hmm. that they're going to do this, you know, I mean, and, and of course, who has uh, metal detectors at a at a private you know block party? Right. Yeah. The issue goes much deeper than just gun control. Mm-hmm. It does. There's a lot. There's a lot of things we need to do. But this is the tragedy of it. This was apparently probably a day long or an afternoon long event. I mean, they'd probably been oh, having been out fun. There all day. Sure, they've been having a great time. Probably playing games and having you know hot dogs and Fourth of July maybe fireworks. Well, and you know, and then it's you, just you got to know alcohol was involved. Possibly so. Yeah, possibly so. And that's just, it's just so sad. And I I don't know the particulars about whether they have any suspects in custody. I know at one point they had more than 20 officers on the scene. Mm-hmm. They have a couple of officers still out there now, and they're still trying to develop leads and possible suspects. But again, we'll, we've reached out to the police department to get somebody to talk more about it, and hopefully they can have somebody join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM 710 Keel Mike and McCarty. Well, July 4th, we had a we had a great just really nice every year I look forward to uh my wife's family reunion. Oh cool. Out, out in Kichai, her grandmother had okay. property for 100 years and the the family still has. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, that property and and Oh, it's just so nice, Aaron. We sit, we just sitting out eating hamburgers and hot dogs, mm-hmm. visitating with yeah. folks we we get to see once a year. That's so good. I had some fun with some friends yesterday, and spent the day in the pool, the afternoon in the pool. But I did bring them some uh, frozen water because everybody that I know that has a pool has been frozen water. Yeah, isn't you, there a name for that? It's ice. I oh, ice. Yeah, okay. It's ice. Yeah, but it's it's. Frozen in a gallon jug okay. of like a old milk gallon, milk gallon jug, because everybody I know that has a pool has been griping about oh the water's so hot after all this heat, the water in the pool is like getting in a bathtub. So I thought, well, I'll bring you a few gallon jugs of ice, and we'll throw it in the pool, and it did. It worked like a charm. You can see it at keelnews.com, and yes, there is video. I'm. I really want to take it down, so if you want to see it, you better go see it now, because it's after the jug of ice melted. It is called ice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, after the jug of ice melted in the pool, I like frozen the, water. They convinced me to pour that over my head, and it was cold. Yeah, but was it refreshing? Oh, it was refreshing. Yeah. But I screeched like a hyena. It's a, I, I, I heard I heard the video. It sounded like a chihuahua being abused or something. Yes. Like that. <laughs> if you want to see the chihuahua being abused, that's <laughs> not what it really that. is. Don't say that. If you want to see me screeching before I take this embarrassing video down, it's at keelnews.com. That was cold. It was, it was, the ice had all melted, but the jug was still, but it Freezing felt, cold. it felt good for a minute, but then it was, it is cold. Yeah. And don't mind my, you know, you get to see all this kind of, well, I'm not naked. <laughs> no, I don't mean that, <laughs> but I'm in my bathing suit and it's not pretty. <laughs> 
Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't do that. It's a reason I haven't been in a pool in, in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. And I had sunscreen, so I don't think I'm burnt. Right. But uh, we had the hot dogs and went down home sausage, of course. Oh, you know, you have to. Nothing better. And the baked beans. Didn't have tater salad because I don't like tater salad unless I make it, and I wasn't up for making it, so didn't do it. I'm real picky about my potato salad. I'm sorry. Okay, do you like... Is yours more of a mayonnaise or mustard-based? He's going to make me say that word, isn't he? <laughs> no, you're, wait, wait, wait. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. How do you spell that? M-A-N-E-H-S. <laughs> isn't that how you spell it? Man is. It's like Wilford Brimley, the diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> and I like my potato salad. I know this people do not like me for this. I like it with sweet pickles. Oh, heck yeah. I don't want dill pickles in there. Heck yeah. I want sweet pickles. I want paprika. There's lots of things I want in mine onion. that onion. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I want I want garlic in there. I want um, radishes. No, I don't put radishes. I will put some olives. No, I just and I will put some celery up in there. Olives, so, interesting. Olives, yeah. And sometimes green or black. Um, green. Okay. And that's kind of love the, me some green that's olives. That's kind of to counter the sweet pickles. It's just I have a I have a good recipe oh my and I gosh. love it. So no, I'm not making you any. So if I'm if I go to the trouble of making potato salad, I'm eating that bad boy. You're gonna have to. No, you gotta bring some. <laughs> That sounds awesome, but more mustard. Yeah, I do put mustard in it, okay. but it's mostly mayonnaise. M-A-N-E-H-S. Hush up down there, Snurdly Whiplash. Whiplash. What's his name? Snidely Whiplash. Snidely yeah. Whiplash. Him. Oh, mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. What, what Edit I, that out. Seven yes. FM. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Did you say we uh, Senator Kennedy joining us tomorrow? He is. He's joining us tomorrow at eight forty. Um, lots to talk about with him. Uh, you know, all these Supreme Court rulings. Um, boy, just one right after another last week. It was crazy. Okay, because I told you we had uh, we had the family reunion yesterday, mm-hmm. and one of uh, one of Dina's. I don't know, cousins, aunts, I can't... Guys, I love you, but I can't keep up with all of them. <laughs> she goes, I, I got a joke I want to tell you. And I okay. Said, oh, okay. And she said, uh, John Kennedy was... I think he was on Hannity. And somebody correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, this is second, third hand now. But he, he said uh, that uh, Kennedy told Hannity, he said, if Adam and Eve... We're from Louisiana. They'd be Boudreaux and Marie. And in the Garden of Eden, they'd have thrown out the apple and ate that snake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'd be in trouble. We Uh, would be in trouble. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. (laughs) You gotta love Senator Kennedy. And the, the national media... 
eats him up. They oh, love yeah. him. The, you know, they they put him on at any time they can get him, and he's got the one-liners. And Robert used to say he comes on our show to test them out and see how they do. <laughs> well, come on. And then he takes them over to to Fox and all the other national Sean, media outlets. Right. Yeah, and tries to see if they're going to work, and if they work here, he knows, I got it, I'll try it on the nationals. Now, he's not up in this next election coming up in the fall, right? No, He's on the, no. the different cycle. I'm not sure when his, his, his yeah. is up, but he is um, not this fall. He's got some time to wait. Um, he's the next senator up, I believe. I believe Cassidy was the last to, you know, obviously he, he had the race against Adrian Perkins. Um, Ken, <laughs> Kennedy will have... Can I call sorry. that a race? I'm sorry. I'm was, sorry. Did I laugh out loud? You did. You're not supposed to do that. Um Kennedy will be the next up. And there, there are folks saying that John Bell Edwards may run against him. You know, there's some talk oh, about that happening. I don't know. I'm waiting on I'm waiting on John Bell's decision on those death row inmates. Because if he decides to commute those sentences to life in prison oh, oh, um, yeah well his political career is over because he's come out and said he's opposed to the death penalty mm-hmm. and if if that's really how you feel then you know is it going to be by a surprise principles. to you though no but it well if he's politically interested in running for u.s senate and he commutes a bunch of death sentences that would surprise me. That would really, I would be, ah, he's politically done. He's not running for political office anymore. And, you know, we will we will see what happens with that. Because um, 51 of the death row inmates, I think there's 59. I'm not sure the total now. But I think he, 51 of them have, ha- have asked him to commute their oh, death yeah, they, sentences. There was a, a class mm-hmm. fi- a suit filed. In fact, I've got a story on keelnews.com mm-hmm. about that very thing that have said, yeah, we commute our death sentence mm-hmm. and he says he's he wants the the pardon board to vet the cases first and then once they do um he'll make his decision we'll see what he does yeah. i you know it tells a lot about his future career in politics what he does on those death sentences that'll be a, that'll be something to watch mikey mccarty 101.7 fm One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. We were talking off mic about this hot dog eating contest. Uh, <laughs> no. Ruben's laughing. He, Ruben, you said that's the only sporting event that you've watched. That's the only one I've watched this year. Yeah. <laughs> no Super Bowl. No. No, no College no. World Series. No. No football. No. No. Uh, no baseball, no nothing. No hockey, no basketball, none. NBA championship game. No, I've seen I've seen some clips. <laughs> we could keep listing here, and he's yeah, going to say soccer, no. no, no, no. Oh, God, no. Pickleball. Uh, what <laughs> do they televise that? I they hate do. the name pickleball. Why could they have not come up with something a little uh, yeah, bit more yeah. dignified than 
pickleball. But you watched a you what? watched a hot dog eating contest. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll I don't know if this is the politically correct term, but yes, I admit I watch it because it's it's a freak show. It's kind of well, a freak sure. Show. Okay, <laughs> now that I get it it's is. not. And don't call it a sporting event. For it, it's a sporting loud. event. Come on now. <laughs> These guys train for this all year. Trained for this. Okay. <laughs> you think he's doing push-ups and sit-ups and crunches? and Now, see, here's... And we talked about... It. First of all, in, in, in just... Let's let's disregard the fact of how disgusting it is. It's gross. It's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. Even but Ruben it's so admits disturbing. it. We're celebrating gluttony. Yeah. Yeah. How much food can we shove in our fat faces, mm. and 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 we're going to reward you? Yeah, and I, they, I don't know. I just dunk I'm not them, a sourpuss. They but, dunk them in water, and the oh, bun yeah. becomes mush. And oh, yeah. what did he eat? Sixty two. As I win the crawfish uh, contest, yeah, right probably, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think I think I, I don't know if he broke one of his old records, but he definitely won. Uh, and I think it was sixty-two. I think yeah. I think he got up to seventy-one year. Yeah, seventy-six is his record. God Almighty! And look, y'all, when we say seventy-six, that's in ten minutes. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's seventy-six hot dogs in ten minutes. This year it was only sixty-two. I think was what he hit. He didn't need. I mean, you know, if you look down the table and everybody's ten behind you. Oh yeah. You don't want. Why break your record? Who cares? You own the record still. Oh man, uh. and it's so crazy. I like I I've looked into it because I'm insane, and uh, you, you know the stomach stretching process that they go through before oh, beforehand, gosh. where they they eat like an entire head that of lettuce and chug a you. chug a gallon of water. No, no, absolutely not. It's probably it's probably not. It's probably ruined the lining of his stomach, but he's uh. made it to where his stomach can fit seventy some odd hot dogs in it. Mm. He he pockets five hundred grand. Chestnut's got a net worth of four million dollars. You've got to be kidding! Me. Because of eating competitions. Yep. Yeah, and, and it's not just hot dogs. Yeah, I think he holds the records for like birthday cake and oh, and other God, stuff. Maybe yeah. I think ice cream even. Who pays him for this? How do the, you get money? Well, the prize at the Nathan's is five hundred grand. Oh, yeah, well, you gotta you gotta okay. pay. Yeah, a lot of times you gotta pay to get in, and it's like the pool. You take away the pool. Yeah. If you win. Okay. And I remember, I mean, we remember when we were younger, Kobayashi was the king of the hot dog eating yeah, contest. Yeah, Japanese yeah, guy. Now yeah, now they're saying, nope, it is. It is now. Joey Chestnut, he is now considered the gluttonous goat. So proud. Mm-hmm. 101F. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. One thing we haven't talked about this morning that, that uh, uh, on the air we've we've talked during the breaks uh, the Brian Horn trial mm-hmm. that uh, hasn't wrapped, but they have found him guilty. They have, yeah, for the second time. Yeah, and they and they could not. This jury, which was chosen in Vernon Parish in the Leesville area. Um, and they were transported to DeSoto Parish to hear the case. Um, they could not be told about the first trial. I mean, that was not allowed. Um, 
so they were not aware that he you know this is a second trial there was some things that snuck in because you realize the evidence bags had already been opened and you know all that so i mean if you were a, a intuitive person you would have realized something had happened but the jury was it was expected to take eight to ten days mike it started friday yeah and it wrapped yesterday i mean it was quick the judge went you know full steam ahead they worked on the fourth of july they worked on sunday um i went down there for a couple of days and it's just gruesome and graphic uh, the things that happened in this case and um he's changed a ton he you know from the time when this incident happened in 2010 13 years ago um he's a he's you know he doesn't look the same at all he's uh, gained a lot of weight gained a lot of weight his hair obviously has been cut he had a long ponytail during that time um and and we have to be we have to fully disclose here and and I hate to I hate to do that. Justin Bloxham's mother works with us. Mm-hmm. Um, she is our boss, um, and I have known her for years, right? A ton of years. We have worked together. We have worked, you know, with each other side by side. And now again, she is our boss. So I I say that to say, you know, we're in full disclosure. We have lived and breathed this case with her all this time. Um, she she and the family, she has three other sons. They will be back in the courtroom today for what's called the penalty phase. Right. Where the jury has to decide, uh, should he get the death penalty or but life in prison? the second jury, Aaron, when they were charged with deliberations, they came back in less than 15 minutes. Unheard of. I mean, and again, of. they they didn't know about the previous trial. They I mean, did you, not know. They they were not supposed to. You know, they were not supposed to have any knowledge of the of the case. That's why they and went you to know, Vernon Parish. There was Parrish. a screening process. that oh, they were asked questions. Absolutely, and they were all asked about the death penalty. Could you impose the death penalty? They all said they could. Um, people that said they could not were booted off the jury. Right. Um, by the prosecution so it is a case where and and the thing is you the the state rested because i was there monday the state rested their case about four o'clock monday afternoon and that meant the defense would step in on the july 4th and i was told that there would be limited defense witnesses if any i don't think they had any i'd be surprised i haven't heard officially but then closing arguments so closing arguments on the morning of the 4th of July yesterday, and then the case went to the jury. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes later, they're back. Typically, you have time to go have lunch or, you know, do right. something else. No, they came back immediately. With a unanimous decision. Absolutely. Has to be in Louisiana yes. now. And the thing is, um, the reason they didn't start the penalty phase right away and get that done yesterday was because the law in Louisiana requires a 12-hour wait between the jury verdict and the penalty phase so they had to wait the one more day and so today will be the day when this jury decides is it the death penalty or is it life in prison and that again has to be unanimous all 12 jurors have to agree um and they had two um alternates now the alternates won't be involved in the penalty phase i believe they're not involved this is the 12 jurors now will sit down and decide um is it is it life or death? And then we will move on with this case that has been lingering in the courts 
for 13 years. And this family has been through this trauma. And I will give you a little inside um, information. Um, Amy Bloxham, again, who has three other sons, they're all grown now. Um, she has been on the front row yeah. with her family. And she has been holding a picture of Justin. And she has several pictures in that picture frame that change from, you know, different ages. She wanted that jury to remember her, that child at the age, you know, she had younger pictures of him. She, I mean, I remember Justin when he was just a little toddler. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have boys close to the same age. And so she had, and so she would change the pictures periodically during the trial so that that jury could see the son. She says there's always so much attention paid to Brian Horn. She wanted everyone to remember Justin. And we do remember Justin. And we remember, you know, he would be a 25-year-old a man today. Right, yeah. You know, think about that. I know it. And I remember at the first trial, hearing his friends where he was staying, they were getting on the witness stand. His best friend testified, and he was 16 then. And I'm like, he'd be a 25-year-old man now. And this family has been going through this for 13 years. Yeah. And so hopefully we will have the decision in the penalty phase today and that the family will get what they are requesting. They obviously want the death penalty. The DA is pushing for that. And we'll find out if that if does If a jury happen. took less than 15 minutes to to render him guilty, I'm, I'm hoping the odds are pretty good. You, you would hope so. And, and, of course, I don't want to say or do anything that no, would jeopardize no, anything. You know, justice needs to be served. And then we can move on. I'm just very impressed. I want to say to the to all the folks in DeSoto Parish, and if you know anybody in DeSoto Parish, how well they maintained all the records and all the evidence in this case. Because for 13 years, they still had to bring out all the fingerprints, all the all the shoes, all the you know the cigarette butts, and everything they collected off over all these years. They had it all. They had it well preserved, and they brought it all back out. Um, much of the same testimony was was heard. Uh, Brian Horn's wife had subsequently died, so she was not there. But um, there were a few other witnesses that were not there. But for the most part, everybody was back, um, and the jury didn't take long to make their decision. And if, and if and 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 I will say again, you know, full disclosure: if you've never had to endure. A murder trial because your family was victim of a mm -hmm. violent act. Uh, consider yourself blessed. Oh, absolutely. Our family has had to endure two. Uh, my wife's uncle, if you remember back in the early 80s, was Isidore Roseman, the jeweler mm. on Stoner Avenue. Yeah. And that case, and then our nephew was the pastor in Arlington who was murdered Golly. by this animal who beat a, a 75-year-old secretary near to death before uh, beating the pastor to death. It's There are some people that don't belong among us, and we hope justice is served in those cases. That's all we can hope for. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that jury. I was really impressed because, you know, I've sat in on a lot of jury cases, and you see a lot of jurors nodding off, you know, and their heads dipping and drooping. And um, I was very... I was very impressed. For the most part, mm -hmm. they all paid very close attention, and some of it was very, very detailed. The fingerprint stuff, some of the stuff from the uh, the 
coroner's office, the autopsy, the, some of that is very, very detailed. And you mm. have to, mm. it's way over most of our heads, but you still have to pay attention. And they did. And I'm, I was impressed. Well, we'll find out later today, mm-hmm. uh, the sentencing phase. You bet. Mikey McCarty, 101. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Uh, there's mass shooting in uh, the Cooper Road area of Shreveport, and somebody said that it made CNN. Mm-hmm. So it's national news. My first thought was, well, it's CNN, so good thing nobody will see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm checking out CNN. Aaron, the CNN homepage. Trump's early dominance should be warning to America. <laughs> you know what you're looking at, so yeah. That's their that's their top story front page. This unbiased journalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, sorry, I, I digress. It's a tragedy we're looking at in the MLK neighborhood. Three people dead. As many as seven others were wounded in a shooting that happened just before midnight last night. Apparently, it was an, a block party for the 4th of July. Lots of barbecuing, families getting together. I'm sure there were games and, you know, grilling and, and all that. And there were so many vehicles at the scene. KSLA reports that getting in and out with the EMS crews was tough. Yeah. Um, so apparently, it was a pretty big block party. And they had a lot of folks there. Now, we don't know anything at this point about what motivated the shooting. Um, we don't know anything about the victims. Nothing if yet. Children Mm-mm. were involved or... No. Uh, there were three that we know that three were killed. Mm-hmm. Seven others were injured. Right. And it is, it's way too early to tell, you know, what was the motivation behind this? Was it a couple of groups involved in fighting? We don't know anything about that at this point. Um, we do know that... Um, early this morning when I got here, there were um, more than two dozen police and fire units on the scene of this incident. And they were, you know, steady getting victims to the hospital. Um, crowd gathered at LSU Health, Auctioner LSU Health, uh, where there was a large crowd that had gathered there throughout the morning as the news was breaking that there were, you know, three people killed and as many as seven others wounded. Again, we're waiting on word from the police department. I have I have asked for someone to come on to tell us what they know so far. And so far, nothing yet. I'm sure they're trying to get together more details and, and probably putting together a news conference for later on in the morning to talk about what they know. But at this point, there's no indication that they know anything about what prompted this. I mean, if they do, they're keeping it very, very tight-lipped. Don't know anything. It's just... I think we had a pretty good four-day weekend going. I don't think there were too many tragedies. I think it was a pretty good weekend. People were enjoying the, the holiday. And I talked to my friends yesterday in the pool. I was saying, you know, because they were seeing some messages, notifications about a Philadelphia mass shooting and in other communities. And I said, you know, we've done pretty good this weekend. It's been pretty good in Shreveport. And then we have this. And, and then just like that, our homicide rate goes to 40. Mm-hmm. For the year. For the year. Which is on pace to get close to the record. Um, 40 and the year is just barely half over. Mm -hmm. We still have about a half a year to go. And I just hate this. And I, you know, I'm I'm praying that these are not, there are no children. 
that were killed or wounded. I'm praying that that's the case. We don't know anything about that yet. Um, we don't know. know if there were multiple shooters, do we? Don't know anything about yeah. how many shooters. Did they drive by and open fire? Did they get out of cars? Did they walk by? Well, we don't know anything about or it yet. just people that were already there? Yeah, was it an argument at the party right. that sparked things up? We don't know anything about it yet. Um, still wor- working to find out, you know, what happened. And we will we will get more details, I'm sure, later on in the morning as the police department starts to gather things up and try to piece together the puzzle. Because it is going to be a, quite an investigation when you have that many people to talk to. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work for your police officers. And as soon as we hear back from the Shreveport Police Department, we will definitely pass more information along as we get it. Mm-hmm. You can see the story right now uh, of what we know on keelnews.com. Mm-hmm. 101.7. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. You spent the day in the pool yesterday. I did. I did. Yeah, we, I spent good seven hours or so. <clears throat> we had a family reunion. My wife, my wife's family, uh, has been getting together on July fourth at her grandmother's property. It's out in Keechai, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Actually, outside of Keechai, toward Texas, and. Uh, I, I, I don't know how long because my wife and I have been together 40 years. So I've been, I know that's, uh, that's crazy. Incredible. And to think that I've been going to these 4th of July's for 40 years. Wow. And they've been doing it for years and years before I ever came along. Prior, yeah. Um, but as we, Erin, as we left yesterday, and these, uh, uh, her, her cousins live in Minden, Louisiana. They run a, a construction business. Um, we we got together at at, uh, at the property there in Kichai. They take time before you know before we even start. They even start cooking the burgers and dogs and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and talk about family members. Talk about those who served our country. Take time to recognize uh, veterans. Take mm-hmm. time to pray yes. for our country, for those continuing to serve our country. Right. I, when, when you say salt of the earth, there's no better people oh, in the world. Absolutely. And, and, and as we were leaving yesterday afternoon, we were heading back to town. And I said, you know, this is what gives me hope for our country. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's... It's it's people like this that I feel are the are the bulk of the people in this nation. Yes, hardworking, honest, good people. And there's a, there's there's a very few. It's like you know, it's like the crime in Shreveport. There's for the most part, citizens of Shreveport and Bossier in this area are good, hardworking people. Oh, 99.9. You bet. There's a very small amount that are causing this chaos. Yes. And <laughs> and so it does give me hope for this country to know that there are still good people. And 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 look, we have a voice. 
Right. And we need to get out and make that voice heard. Right. And we have, and if you're just getting up, we have a, um, what's described as a mass shooting, three dead, uh, six or seven possibly wounded in the MLK neighborhood late last night, about 1230 last night, um, excuse me, 1130 last night. And police are still on the scene, still trying to figure out what happened. Don't have any motive. Don't have any idea on the victims yet. Still working on it. Um, but you know what? 99.9% well, we don't of, have that information. Right. The police might. You, they might. Absolutely. 99% of the 4th of July parties yesterday were great. Families had great times together. We have one now where we have tragedy. And that mars the holiday for all of us. I mean, it absolutely does. We all are concerned about our community, as we should be. I'm sure we will get more information from the police later throughout the day. I would imagine. We'll pass that along as soon Mm -hmm. as we can. 101.7 FM, 7. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. I did I did a, some some research earlier this week that I I I don't know I found kind of interesting. I came across uh, um, is it illegal to collect rainwater? And I thought, why in the world would that be illegal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who can tell you you can't collect rainwater? Like put a bucket outside and collect put, rainwater. Put to, a, a cistern, okay, you know, in your in your yard, and collect rainwater to use for whatever you want. Right. Okay. But there are some states that have restrictions. What on on collecting rainwater? Why? Some of the restrictions um, are having to do with uh, a water rights. And usage, but it also has to do with uh, downstream and how it would affect, you know, and depending, they have restrictions on what you can use it for. Obviously, you don't want to just pull your glass up to the tap out of a cistern. There could be health health regulations. Yeah. Water needs to be filtered and make mm-hmm. sure it's clean and clear, but... Um, that that they say some of the restrictions are, well, you can only use that water for, uh, you know, maybe irrigation, uh, you know, to water your lawn or your... Wash your car, yeah. Something like that where okay. it's not, you know, it's not potable water. So... Can you... And now, is it legal to collect it in Louisiana? There are some states that technically, according to the research that I came across... It actually isn't illegal in any state. Okay. But there, if you are in some of these states, uh, there are restrictions, like maybe a, a restriction on the size of the system that you use. Okay. Or, again, how you use the water. And there are, I don't know, 10, 15 states with restrictions. Louisiana is one of the states that just no restrictions. Okay. You can collect it however you wish mm-hmm. and use it however you wish. 
Wow. According to the research that I that I found that I but, found. But you know, in in and states, some states even have incentives. They huh. offer incentives for you know to 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 be able to use that water. It would make sense not to deplete the you know the the city or municipalities water supply we hear all the time about the drought and california is facing water shortages and all that right you think they would be glad let people collect the water and use it instead of using their regular water system no incentives in california california is one of the state with restrictions okay (laughs) of course imagine that of course they are California is so wackadoodle. I I don't know how people keep wanting to move there and live there. I know people are moving out, but there's still a lot of people that love the state. It's a beautiful state. Don't get me wrong. But wackadoodle laws. I remember years ago when I was younger and my grandparents lived out there, retired Air Force colonel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and he took pride in the fact he said, you know, California is a self-supporting state. If if Mm -hmm. there was a, a wall... Between California and Nevada, yeah. California wouldn't need to import anything to survive. Right. You know, uh, 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 <laughs> we're like, okay, we'll do it, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, it was interesting. And, and so with all the natural resources and, and you know, in California is one of the few states where you can go snow skiing mm-hmm. and then drive a few hours and go surfing. Right, you, you know, right, or, exactly. That kind of thing. They have so much to offer, so much beauty and and all the national parks and all that that they have. It's a gorgeous state, no doubt about it. But they got their they got their issues. Yeah, they do have their. But issues. anyway, yeah, there's uh, no restrictions in Louisiana on uh, on collecting rainwater, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. That is in, interesting in, because my first reaction was, why in the world would that be illegal? Yeah, but. Uh, and especially when we're in like we are now, mm-hmm. when the rain rain uh, is kind of scarce. Yeah, just got a text saying it's really more like a water table issue, right? For the for the waters downstream and all that that they exactly. So you know, it, it is interesting. I've never tried to collect water. One time, my parents were like a rain had a rain gauge, and that was just for weather purposes to see how much rain did we get. And there are a lot of people who do that, but this is like a big, massive tub that you collect it in right. for using for other purposes. And, That's and, interesting. And some of the concerns are the impact on downstream water users. You know, if, okay. if you're collecting water that would normally run off mm-hmm. and and you know go further downstream, it could affect those down below you, kind of thing. That's interesting. Anyway. Very interesting. Yeah, it's, there's you can read that story on keelnews.com. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Did you have watermelon at all yesterday? Mm, not yesterday, but the day before oh, I did. Yeah, I did have some. Did you? And we also met my uh, my brother in law in in my wife's sister Saturday. We drove over to Kilgore, and he has he has a big garden. He they live in Lindale. Oh, nice. And Aaron oh, brought bags of. 
fresh cantaloupe mm. right out of the garden. Maters. Oh, tomatoes. Mm. Cucumbers. Squash. Yeah, yeah maters. Mm-hmm. Maters. Squash. <laughs> There's an R in squash. You had them all. Oh, fresh. Oh, so oh, good. Gosh. I got, uh, if you can see it at keelnews.com, they're growing new kinds of watermelon now. <laughs> this they is crazy. started this it in crazy. Japan. Where they they I guess they shape they're shaping the watermelon as they grow. How do you do that? I guess you put a little frame around it as it's growing. Oh, you know? okay. Okay. And and so they're I, growing I, I them in that. a cube shape. I feel stupid asking that question. So they they're like a Rubik's cube, except bigger. But imagine that on a countertop and you're cutting it. That would be so much easier to cut. Right. <laughs> it's a cube. Cut the two ends. Cut the two sides. You know, you're good to go. Or, or just quarter it. Boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, boom. Two cuts and you're, you're gone. gone. You're gone. Yeah. Did get a couple of tips, July 4th tips, for picking out the right watermelon. I want to thank one of our listeners who said this is the surefire way to pick out a good, ripe watermelon. You thump it. What mm, does that tell you, I don't honestly? know if thumping works. What is <laughs> you want a yellow kind of on the bottom. Okay. You know, it doesn't have to be green and purdy all the way around. Get one that's got a little bit of yellow on the bottom. And then get one that has a dry stem. Still attached. Yes. If the stem is still green, that means they picked it too early. So you want the stem to be dry. That's the two secrets that they shared with me. Now, U.S. growers are going to try out this, you know, cube-shaped watermelon. I think it would be a hit. Uh, but well, who wants to make, go out in their field? things easier, but how does it taste? Uh, I hope it's the same. If it's if it's not good and sweet and juicy, I'd rather yeah. just have me a good old-fashioned. But I would <laughs> sure like to have one square because I know from experience a friend of mine, let's just say a friend of mine, rolled one off the counter and it <laughs> splatted on the floor. And that ain't no fun. All right, well, let me ask you this. Reuben, you too. Salt on your watermelon? No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that, so I can't. I can't say one way or the other. I don't know if I've ever done. Say that. No, look, I Ruben. love salt. Yeah, <laughs> I love salt, but I like my watermelon juicy and sweet. Sweet. Yeah. I don't want any savory. I understand watermelon. the whole sweet and salty thing. Yeah, but no, watermelon belongs belongs in the sweet let category. Let me just put my bacon in it, and then I'm good to go. Okay, can we have him fired today now? Can we have that done? Bacon and watermelon. You've got to go. I just made that up. I've never put bacon in my watermelon. So this this isn't new to Japan, the the square watermelon thing. It's actually been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. And I've seen other fruits that they're shaping, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I saw plums in the shape of like a Buddha. One time, a like plum. Buddha plum, and, and they show this little plastic thing they put over the plum when it's real young, and it grows into that shape. Omg! Okay, Gosh. we 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 still have cancer that we're dealing with, but but we're gonna shape we're our gonna plums. focus our time on how to make square watermelon. Buddha, yeah. Buddha plums and, and square Buddha watermelon. plums. <laughs> I'm not sure about the Buddha plums. I'm down with the square watermelons. <laughs> On 7FM, 